Oh, Jesus, you're the best part. 
Well, God bless you today. And I pray the Lord is just um, so richly felt uh, by, by everybody that's listening. I know that God loves you very much, and he has a tremendous hour for us today. So I'm just so happy to be with you. Uh, you're listening to Reaching Out Radio International, and this broadcast is In the Word with Sister Pearl. And Sister Pearl is just so uh, joyful to be with you another time. I want to just give a special welcome to anybody who might be listening for the very first time. You are always welcome to listen to any of our broadcasts on Reaching Out Radio International, uh, headed up by Evangelist Montel Fields, and uh, want you to feel comfortable, want you to know that you have a very safe place here, a place where you're going to hear the truth, you're going to be encouraged, sometimes you're going to be challenged, but you will definitely leave here in a better place than you came, uh, that you started out to listen. So again, welcome, whether you're in uh, Europe or Asia or Africa, South America, North America, uh, wherever you're listening from, the Caribbean, uh, Australia, the Oceania uh, nations, wherever you're listening, you are so welcome. And I'm praying that you'll have a, a very blessed time. Remember to also uh, reach out to us by um, our online presence and let us know how we have impacted your life for the glory of God. Uh, I know that all of us will be very encouraged to hear that. Now, last week when we were on, I talked about as the sons of Issachar, and I promised you that this particular week we would deal with the title Conducting Kingdom Business in the 21st Century. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. But before we go into that message, why don't we just, uh, wherever you are, if you can bow your heads, fine. If not, just pray in your heart to the Lord and believe God with me that his presence will be wonderfully felt today by all who are listening. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to come into your presence another time, listening to what you have placed on my heart. And at the end of the day, it's not important about what I have to say, but it is all important what you have to say by your Holy Spirit. And we know that you are a great, wonderful God, you do wonderful things. You lead your people. You don't just ask us to do something, but you give us instruction. And so I pray today that the people that listen, the ones that know you, that love you, that are already following you, that want to draw near to you, that they will get a word that can encourage and equip them and build them up in this time that we're all living in. For those who have yet to come into the ark of safety, they have yet to give you their lives, surrendering completely to your Lordship. I pray, Holy Spirit, that this would be the time that you would just draw them to yourself and they would see their absolute need of Jesus Christ to lead and direct and bless their lives, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So as promised, we're going to talk about conducting business in the 21st century. You know that's where we're living in. This is now 2022. Now, there's a kingdom mindset 
a posture that has to be taken for us to see Christ's kingdom advanced in this critical hour. More than me sharing some of the miraculous things God did before my eyes, I want to have you set up for what God wants to do in your life and in your lives, each and every one listening to this broadcast, if you make yourself available to him in this season. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. Because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants, and delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now what I just read to you is found in Luke chapter 19, verses 9 through 13. Luke chapter 19, verses 9 through 13. What I see, the enemy trying hard, to fervishly do right now is to push the people of God into a place of fear, a place of complicity, compromise, doubt, panic mode, divisiveness. The wicked one seeks to separate families, family members, friends, close co-workers, neighbors, etc., etc., the enemy is seeking to promote confusion and just plain get us off of our God-given assignment. Now, the Lord called me to a closed nation, the largest closed nation on the face of the planet, just three years after that nation had opened up its borders to receive foreigners. Now, I was basically ignorant of all of the cultural and historic implications of doing so at that time, of being there at that time. And in retrospect, I am very grateful to God that I was ignorant of a lot of those facts. The Lord kept me focused, for the most part, to the business at hand. And that was either spreading the gospel or training Christian leaders how to conduct his business according to the precepts he has explained in his word. Now, one of the major things I've learned from the people that were in that closed nation, those particular believers, specifically leaders of large groups of people, is that the way they worship is so much closer to how the New Testament had to meet in their homes. Then, of course, on another level, our time is more devoted to the things of God when I was there. And I believe that's what God wants to do here in the United States of America, in North America, and throughout the entire world. Meaning that the hours within any given day 
should be more consumed with sharing, teaching, and preaching the gospel than it is taken up with other things. Now, if you and I, if we are to do exploits in these days before his eminent return, and the church is still on this side of glory, meaning that we have not gone to be with Jesus in heaven yet, but we're still living on the earth, then we must watch and pray as Christ exhorted us to do in Matthew chapter 26, verses 39 to 41. And let me read that for you. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, how do we conduct business in the 21st kingdom business I'm talking about? In the 21st century? Well, the answer is we wait on God. We do not fall asleep at the wheel. Stay vigilant. Watch and pray. That was clearly what Jesus told his disciples when he went away to pray to his heavenly father. He came back and he found them asleep. You can read that entire chapter to get the full context. Again, that was Matthew chapter 26. I just read 39 to 41. But when you get the opportunity, read the entire a chapter of Matthew 29, 26, I'm sorry, and get the whole thing in context. Matthew 26. But clearly, what Jesus told us and what he told his disciples is watch and pray. Watch and pray for what? Watch and pray, verse 41, that you enter not. In other words, that you do not enter into temptation. Because... The Spirit of God in you is willing, but your flesh and my flesh is weak. And it's very easy for us to fall asleep. It's very um, natural to fall asleep. But I want to remind you that you and I, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, and He deposits, deposits His Holy Spirit inside of us, we are no longer to live just as natural beings. We are to live as supernatural. So it is very possible for us to watch and pray and not fall asleep. Watch ourselves. Paul told the church at Corinth, and we find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you fail to meet 
the test. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. Watch meaning, the meaning of watch means to take special care that we do not miss something important. That's what watch means. When somebody is on watch, they are being on guard. They are intentionally taking special care to see that they're observing everything that is of significance. So when Jesus told his disciples, and he's telling us today, to watch and pray, what exactly is God wanting us to do? Well, he wants us to watch ourselves. The first people that we should be watching is ourselves. He wants us to watch our families, watch our close friends, those who influence us, our family members, our colleagues, close associates. He also wants us to watch how we are spending our time, our resources, our God-given talents. Many of us have given the world most of the talents which he, meaning God, has blessed us with. I believe that now is the time to give the great majority, if not all of those talents and gifts, to the kingdom of God for the advancement of the gospel. Case in point, I know of a single mother who just lost her job with the DOE. The DOE stands for the Department of Education. I'm talking specifically the Department of Education and the DOE here in New York, where I'm broadcasting from. Because she refused to take the COVID inoculation. She refused to take the COVID injection. She refused to take the COVID jab. So she's now working for a Christian school which does, does not demand its employees to take the bite. Of course, you may think, so what happens now? that New York City's mayor is demanding everyone, public and private entities, to receive that inoculation. So what does she do now? And, and what do the rest of us do that in our, we're in similar situations. We might not be working or have worked for the DOE, but we're in similar situations. Many of you that are listening to me in other nations, in other continents around the world, have also been asked to take an injection, and if you don't take it, then you're going to be ostracized. You're going to be asked to uh, leave your place of employment. You're going to be asked not to come to certain places like um, a play or a concert or a sports event or a store or a restaurant to eat a meal. So, so what do we do in such situations? Now, my answer to that, and I believe I'm being led by the Spirit of God, and I got that from the Word of God, is that we are to resist evil and wicked ordinances which go contrary to God's 
loss. Well, Sister Pearl, what exactly are you saying? Resist evil and wicked ordinances which go contrary to God's law. Because does not the Bible tell us in Romans chapter 13 to let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of God and the powers that be are ordained of God. Yes, the Bible does say that. And Paul the Apostle did tell the church at Rome that. But I think the problem is, as it often is, is that we do not read the Word of God in context. We like to take out a portion and then make a whole big statement on that instead of reading it in context. What comes before? What comes after? And read the whole counsel of God. So I'm going to take the time to read all of Romans chapter 13. And then let's look at this again. Romans chapter 13. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers, verse 3, are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Verse 4. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Okay, let's look at that verse 5 again. Let's repeat it and read it again. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, or you need to be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Continue, verse 6. For for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due. Custom to whom custom. Fair to whom fair. Honor to whom honor. And when that verse says fair to whom fair, let me just bring an explanation. It's not saying in that context, if you read that definition, it's not saying fair to whom fair. It's saying to uh, defer or give reverence, you know, acknowledge. Not, not reverence them the way that we would reverence God, but respect would be the better term. Respect to whom you need to respect and honor whom you need to honor. 
It, at no time does God want us to fear any man that's made after the flesh and is made just like us. He does not want us to fear them, but we need to have a holy fear for one person, and that is God Almighty. So that's what verse 7 means. Tribute is due custom to whom, custom respect to whom respect, honor to whom honor, or defer to who you need to defer to. Verse 8, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. Now that's key to understanding Romans chapter 13. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. Now let's go to verse 9. Because often when you hear Romans 13 quoted, you just hear verses 1 and 2. Now let's read it in context and see what verse 9 says. For this thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly hmm, comprehended in this saying. Namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, interesting. Is that not interesting? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy self. Hmm. Let's read. Continue. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time. That now it is high time. To awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation. Nearer. Than when you first believed the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness not in strife and envying, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Now the word of God has to always be read, studied, and taken in context. Not one scripture taken out of context and then used to force those who are ignorant to obey a wicked ordinance and be pressured into lawlessness, God forbid. Not only Peter, but all of the apostles present at that time resisted all evil decrees. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verses 27 to 29, not only Peter, but all of the apostles, I'm saying this, all of them, now I'm going to read 27 to 29 of Acts chapter 5. Now, 
And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Whose name were they talking about? They were told, the apostles were told by their government rulers, the people that were over them in the government at that time, that they were not to preach in the name of Jesus. Clear. And so the government officials asked them, uh, did not we straightly command you that you were not to teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Okay, so that is the defining command. That we ought to obey God rather than man. Okay? Clearly. Now, what does God say about our bodies? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God, and you are not your own. Now that really pertains to everybody living on the planet, because there is not a man nor a woman alive today that has not been created by Almighty God. Now, is everybody on the planet Walking according to God's ordinances and precepts and according to his will, according to his plan for their lives? No. But did he create everybody that's walking on the earth? I'm talking specifically about human beings. And yes, he did create animals too. But we're not the same kind. We were created after the image and the likeness of God. Men and women, not animals. But... Even though we are created after the likeness and the image of God, not all of us are obeying God. Not all of us are seeking to follow his will. So I want to go back and explain Romans chapter 13, uh, verses 1 and 2, that we often hear people quoting, Oh well, listen, if the country gives you a mandate that you are supposed to be mandated to take an injection and you don't take it. Therefore, you are being rebellious. And you are not submitting to the powers that God ordained. But let me just say something to you. The same way you and I have a will, a free will. We can obey God. Or we can disobey God. The governing powers also have free wills. They can obey God or they can rule 100% contrary 
to the will and the ordinances of God. So when the Bible talks about whosoever resisted the power, resisted the ordinance of God, it was never God's ordinance to do something in direct conflict and opposition and against his will. Case in point, most of the governments, certainly America, certainly Canada, certainly many nations, most of the nations around uh, the globe, they are promoting the shedding of innocent blood in the womb. What are you saying, Sister Pearl? They're promoting killing babies that are developing in their mother's wombs. The state that I am broadcasting from, New York, now allows children growing in their mother's womb to be killed, slaughtered at any time throughout the nine months that they're inside their mother's womb. Even if the child is ready to be born, my state says by law that the doctor or who else, because it, we do not just allow doctors to terminate the lives of babies, but any medical worker that they deem fit can now terminate the life, abort a baby, slaughter that baby in the mother's womb. So are Christians supposed to follow that kind of a law? It's a law. Are we as Bible-believing sons and daughters of the Most High God, are we not to resist that evil decree? Absolutely. Since I just read to you from 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 that your body and my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, are we to inject something that would be poisonous and be adverse to the God-given immunity that we have in our bodies? Are we supposed to inject that knowingly? Because a mandate has been given for us to do that? Absolutely not. Because that is clearly the antithesis, the opposite. It goes contrary to everything that God wants us to do as far as caring for the temple that he's given us. And whatever happened to believing God to be our Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And whatever happened to taking the things, the natural things that God has created to keep us in health and wholeness? What happened to that? Why would we allow an antichrist government to inflict their will on us and have us to go 180 degrees contrary to the ordinances that God has clearly laid out in his holy word, the Bible that he's given us. So when we give off Romans 13 and we just quote verses 1 and 2, let us be very careful that we quote the entire word of God. 
Most of our nations today and most of our leaders, they promote adultery as, as, as God told us not to do. Because in verse 9, the apostle is quoting from Exodus. And he's quoting from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If a man or a woman is married, they should not be having sexual relationships with another man or woman that's not their husband or wife. And yet you see all of our government leaders doing the exact same thing that the Bible tells us not to do. Thou shalt not kill. Well, most of these nations are promoting killing. Not only the unborn, but even outside of the womb they're promoting killing now. Thou shalt not steal. A lot of the nations are stealing. A lot of the, the nation's leaders are stealing the people's money. Thou shalt not bear false witness, meaning thou shalt not lie. Most of our leaders today are known liars. Thou shalt not covet. Most of our leadership today covet what somebody else has, some other leader has, some other country has, some other continent has. And about loving your neighbor as you love yourself that's completely unheard of in their reality. Uh, talking about love, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Well, a lot of these countries are working to do harm to other nations. So, take the word of God in context. We are not to blindly follow wicked leaders that are doing everything they can to dishonor and to discredit the high and holy name of Jesus. And to think that by honoring them over honoring God is pleasing to God is just plain wrong. It's a lie. We do not dishonor God to honor wicked men. No. What we do is we obey God, as Peter said, we rather and we ought to, in other words, we should, we must obey God rather than men. And let me just explain it like this. We must, if given the alternative, who do I obey? When you clearly see one of those mandates is clearly 180 180% against what God says, we must not obey that conflicting command and obey God's command. Because God is the one who has a heaven or a hell to put us in. Not the president of a nation, the prime minister of a nation, uh, you know, God bless them, God help them to rule well, but at the end of the day, they cannot put you in heaven or hell, but God can. And it's not because God wants to put anybody in hell, because what is hell? I think the worst part about hell is that it separates us, and it's eternal that we're separated from God. I, I, you know, the hell fire is one thing, but for me personally, and I'm only one person, so everybody has to know how they feel within themselves, but I'm much more concerned 
And I, I'm much more fearful about the thought of being eternally separated from God than I am about hell's fire. Even though I'm sure hell's fire is horrific, and if, if I probably ever saw it, that would be extremely, I, I would be like, forget it. But, but to me, the worst part of hell is to never have an opportunity to cry out to God and have him respond. And heaven on the other side is to be in total fellowship, total communion, totally forever and ever in the presence of God. So how am I to conduct business? Kingdom business in this 21st century. In this 21st century, I'm to watch myself. I'm to take care of how I am conducting business. I'm to watch what comes out of my mouth. But before even watching what comes out of my mouth, What's in my heart? Because what's in my heart is eventually going to come out of my mouth. I'm to examine myself first. Not everybody else. Not quick to tell somebody how they should be, be conducting their business. I know a lot of people that are very quick to point a finger at me or somebody else, and they have no intention of examining themselves. They don't do it. Because if they did, they could never be living the way that they're living. That's 100% sure. But we need to conduct, you know, if we're going to conduct kingdom business, let's start out by examining ourselves first to see if we're even in the faith. I'm not talking about I go to church every Sunday, Sister Pearl, or whenever I can. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Examining myself according to the measure that's described and outlined in God's word. Am I loving Jesus first and foremost? Because if I love Jesus, some of the thoughts that I have, I can't have those thoughts. And some of the words that come out of my mouth will not be coming out of my mouth. Some of the ways that I treat other people vindictively malicious and just do it in front of other people and not do it, you know, for everyone to see, but but am doing it covertly on purpose, that's just called evil and manipulative and wicked. And so if you find yourself not conducting yourself in a way that God can be pleased, then let's deal with ourselves first. Before we're even thinking about conducting anything to do with God and his business or representing him. Let's take care of ourselves first. Let's look at ourselves and examine our own hearts and examine our ways and see if there be any wickedness in ourselves first. Repent of that. Ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from that. If necessary, fast and pray. First, so watch, remember what I gave as a definition. It means to take special care that we do not miss something important. Be on guard with ourselves first.
then watch our families. It, it really surprises me when I hear parents say, not everybody, but some, I never knew that my child had a problem with drugs. How in heaven's name could you never know that your child had a problem with drugs? Were you not praying for your child? Were you not watching your child? Were you not intent intently observing your child? Raising children is more than just providing shelter, clothing, and feeding them, sending them to school, paying for their, you know, external needs. It's being in prayer for them. It's watching them. It's observing them. It's interacting with them. It's wanting, it's providing a safe place that they can share anything with you. They want to share everything with you. The good, the bad, the ugly. How are you treating them that they don't feel free to talk to you about anything and everything? That's a question. Watch your children. Watch your husband. Watch your wife. Don't just defend them. Watch them. Are they, are you helping them to become more Christ-like? Or are you just emboldening them to be wicked? Or to be, you know, playing a church part? Are you emboldening them to be manipulative? Are you siding with them no matter what they do, even if they're living and doing evil things? Are you providing a safe place for your husband, for your wife? That they can tell you what is bothering them. That they can tell you what concerns them. That they can speak honestly to you about your marriage. What they're, you know, struggling through what they're not do you even care are you praying for your husband are you praying for your wife are you praying for your mother are you praying for your father are you praying for your sister are you praying for your brother are you praying for your uh, loved ones your cousins your aunties your uncles your grandparents your church sisters your church brothers do you care are you watching them or is it just, hi, God bless, how are you doing, bye, I'm out. Do they feel comfortable to open up and share something with you that they're struggling with, that, that they, they might be failing in, but, but, but they know already that there's no way they can tell you because you're going to be judging them, they're going, you know. Are you doing that? Are you a safe place? Watch how we're spending our time. How much of our 24 hours that God gives us, how much of our resources, how much of our given God-given talents are we using for the glory of God? Good question. God gave us our gifts. God gave us our talents. God gave us all of these good things. Are we using it to glorify and to honor Him? Are we using them for the advancement of his kingdom? Hmm. So the first things we do is we watch ourselves, our families, 
are close friends because the friends you run with, they influence you just like you influence them. Some of them influence you more than you influence them. Are you running with the right friends? Are you only running with people that you think are beneath you? Wow. That's a good question. Can you not humble yourself and behave in a way that people that know more than you can deposit and impart to you? But are you so arrogant and wicked that you think that you're everything? Well, the reality is you're not. There's always somebody bigger and better than you. And the first one is Jesus Christ. But watch your close friends. Watch that you're influenced by godly people so that their light can help you leave whatever darkness remains in you and vice versa. You can also be a light and a blessing to them to help encourage them to come up even higher in Christ. Hmm. To help them get deliverance from something get physical healing can they count on you to pray with them and for them even when you're not with them who are you running with you know a while ago I, I gave another message that the Lord had given me entitled fit and in this 21st century we really need to ensure that we are fit. God allowed you and God allowed me to come into this season for such a time as this. It is not coincidental. It is not coincidental that you and I are living in 2022. How many people did you know that they entered 2021 healthy, well, had no pre-existing condition, and did not make it. They did not make it to the year 2022. They're gone. Could have been you, could have been me. But God ordained, specifically ordained, that you and I be alive and in right relationship with Him right now. Wow. So, because we are not here just by circumstance or just because of luck. There is no such thing as luck. I don't believe in telling people good luck. No. There's no luck. This is not hit and miss. Our God is sovereign. He's all knowing. He's all wise. He's all present. He's all powerful. If you're alive, it's because God willed for you to be alive right now. And so it, it, it really means that you and I, what we have to do is ensure that you and I are in right relationship with him and are conducting business according to the will and the plan that he has for our lives right now. 
So, again, to bring back, not going to go over that whole message because we're about to finish and wrap up really soon. So, we're, we're to ensure that we're fit for this season. And in that way, we can conduct kingdom business. Remember, we read that we need to occupy. Some people think, okay, Sister Pearl, Jesus is coming really soon. I just need to, as people like to say in Spanish, cogelo suave y con take it easy. I need to just take it easy. Relax, lay back. I don't really need to do a lot now. I don't really need to share the gospel. I, don't, I just need to make sure that I'm right with God. No, no, no. We should be, you know, living for God and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ until our last breath. This is not a time to take it easy. No, this is a time to be alert. This is a time to, to be in alignment with everything that Christ has for us. To be indeed fit for the kingdom of God. Focused. Intentional. Tenacious. Amen. What does focus mean again? Pay attention. Okay? Pay attention to. In this strange environment that you and I are living in, if you're anything like me, it's very easy to just stay in shock of everything that's going on around us and that's being done to us. We can quickly forget to examine ourselves in the light of his word. However, reality is, if we're following the Lord Jesus Christ in this time, more than ever before, the world needs to see Christ in us, the hope of glory, so that they might turn from darkness into the light. Amen. Focus means to adapt to the prevailing level of light and become able to see clearly. You know, it's dark and it's getting increasingly darker and darker, you know, as we come to the closing days of time and for Jesus returns. So we need to ensure that our spiritual eyesight is adapting to the prevailing level of light. And we are able to see clearly no matter how dark it becomes on the outside. And how dark spiritually it becomes. We need to ensure that we're staying in prayer. Focused. We need to ensure that we're reading and meditating on the word of God on a daily basis. We need to watch our life as Timothy was told by his spiritual father, the Apostle Paul. Watch our life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you'll be able to save not only yourself, but those that hear you, those that are watching you. So we need to focus. We need to focus. And we need to be giving, giving the right message at all times. We need to be intentional. Be very careful how we live. Ephesians it says this in chapter 5. Paul told the church at Ephesus, chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Be careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Conduct kingdom business as wise servants of God. As wise business people conducting God's business. Making most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Okay, the government says I must do this, so now I must do that. The government says I must not get near to somebody, so now I must not get near to somebody. The government says I must cover up my face so people cannot identify who I am. 
So I must do that. No. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And take advantage of every opportunity. Be careful how you live, not as unwise. The world wants you to be stupid. The world wants you to dumb down. The world wants you to be unwise. The world does not want you to preach Jesus just like they did not want Peter and the other apostles to preach Christ. Please be wise. Be intentional. Be focused. Pay attention. And then be tenacious. What does tenacious mean? It means intend to keep a firm hold of something, cling to it, adhere to it like a dog does to a bone. Do not readily relinquish your position in Christ. Do not readily relinquish and don't relinquish in any way your principles in Christ or your course of action. Be determined. That means to be tenacious. Persist. Do not be Moved easily. Do not be moved at all, but stand firm. As Paul told the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. How should you conduct business? In the 21st century, God's kingdom business, this is how you and I must conduct God's kingdom business. In this year, 2022, from this moment on until Jesus comes back, please pray with me as I pray with you, for you, and for myself. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, we come. And we thank you for your word that was given to us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. But the end of all things is at hand. You told us, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. You said to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring liar, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Dear God, help us in this hour to conduct your business in a way that best honors you. Bring men and women to yourself and help us to be good influencers, good ambassadors that will honor you and represent you well. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you until next time. This is your sister Pearl on Reaching Out Radio International. God bless you. Bye-bye.